Okay, hello. Hello, 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 and thank you for tuning in to this podcast channel from Wig Weave, the number two, Natural Hair. I am your host, Natural Keisha. This podcast channel can be followed on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at From Wig Weave, the number two, Natural Hair. Today, we have a special guest. Guest, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, a little background about yourself and the type of business you perform? Sure. My name is Debbie Williams of Ask Debbie About Hair, and I am a board-certified nutritionist, hair loss practitioner, author, and educator. And my goal as a hair loss specialist and nutritionist is to bring bridge that gap to help people understand when you're losing your hair, 98% of the time, it is because of a nutritional deficiency. So that's what I do. Great. I took my hat off to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So do I need a blood test if I'm losing my hair? So let me, let's start when we ask, do we need a blood test? Like I mentioned, 98% of our hair loss problems, it's internal. And many people don't know that. That's why when they start seeing their edges lost or different things, they go buy topical products. And a lot of times, if you go to a doctor and you get a blood test, a blood test is not going to show you the main things that you're really needing to tell you why you're losing your hair. The majority why we're losing our hair is because of a nutritional deficiency in our body. So our bodies have minerals that sustains us. These are our lifelines. So when I say minerals, I'm talking calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, phosphorus, iron, copper, zinc, selenium, cobalt, sulfur. Um, manganese. I know I'm missing a few, but those are the things that your body needs every day. And if and your body doesn't produce those, you get them from what you eat. So that's why your diet and nutrition plays a factor. However, when you go get a blood test, the average blood test does not show your levels of calcium, your levels of copper, your levels of zinc. So would you should would I say should you get a blood test? I would say get a hair mineral analysis first or a test that will allow you to see exactly where the levels of your minerals are. So now we can address the why and why you're losing your hair. Okay, that is great to know because I was understanding from a little research is that uh, medical conditions could be the cause of the hair loss also. And that is very true. The majority of, of our hair loss, the issues, a lot of times it's our thyroid gland. Thyroid is number one. High blood pressure is another. Most people don't know that their medication from high blood pressure can and will cause hair loss. Um, there's so many different things. Stress can cause hair loss. But yes, illnesses is what can cause it. And just so you know, stress is one of the number one problems that we have. And stress actually is one of the factors that causes a lot of our chronic illnesses. It's just from our lives being so stressful. Yes, just like the stress during this crisis time can cause us to lose our hair too. Absolutely. So it's also a good thing to kind of manage your stress. I can't say that you won't stress because different things would have you stressing when you don't know it, but at least kind of manage the stress, correct? That is true. And so when we talk about managing stress, there are so many different things that we need to do. One of the things I always mention to people, sometimes you have to release what is or who is causing the stress. Um, that's the first thing. A lot of times just thinking about, you know, you got to dig deep. What is causing my stress? But there is a herb that I recommend a lot in my clinic when, you know, someone is coming to see me for a consultation. It's called ashwagandha. And it is one of the most amazing herbs. It's an Indian herb. And the goal of it, it helps with anxiety. It's a de-stressor. Um, it regulates your sugar levels. It reduces your cholesterol le levels. It promotes energy. Um, it helps with arthritis. It does so much. But one of the main things that ashwagandha does is that it actually can relieve the stress in such a way that you know the typical medication for stress if you went to a doctor it's going to make you feel woozy make you feel high make you feel sleepy ashwagandha is a natural herb it's an aptogen so therefore when you 
when your body actually adapts to um, not being so stressful, you feel like yourself. You don't feel like a zombie. So that's one of the things I would tell people. Look for ashwagandha. It's in your natural stores. You can even look for it in, on Amazon. It's a 100% pure product, and it is absolutely amazing. Great. Do it contains any side effects that you know of? None that I know of. Absolutely not. And I recommend it a lot. I've even tried it myself just to see if it worked. Because most of the time, if, you know, everything I do is it's naturopathic or holistic. But even before I recommend it to someone, I will actually try it myself. So no, there aren't any. I, I, I call it the happy herb because you'll find yourself dealing with matters that you've never dealt with before. You just find a way to deal with it in a real calm and, and resilient way. Mm, that is so great to know. Is my current diet, nutrition, or current body weight creating an issue for my hair? Absolutely. So that, that we can break that down into different ways. You said it is it your current diet. Well, if your diet, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, fatty foods, um, things that are just not good, sugary things, drinking lots of alcohol, smoking, that is going to cause your minerals, like I mentioned, to become deficient. And in, if there is a, a deficiency or imbalance in your body, it's going to start to cause what I would say a domino effect. Like so one deficiency of a mineral can cause so much to your body. And those things can and will cause hair loss at some point in time. Hmm. Are any of my medications, supplements that I am taking creating a problem for my hair? I know you mentioned earlier about the high blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. Now, our average medication, there is not a medication on the market that doesn't have a side effect. Um, that's why I always tell people, you know, look for alternatives and talk it over medication is a side effect um, medications the average person who's taking medication for high blood pressure diabetes uh, different things they will find over time that they're losing their hair and many of them if they were at, if they were to ask their doctor many doctors don't know a lot of the deep side effects of, of a lot of med high blood lots of medicines that's one of the side effects is going to thin out your hair or hair loss unfortunately it is and so how do you how do you help that issue? Because you have to take your medication. Your diet would be the, the bonus or the boost to that. So if you have to take high blood pressure medicine, then you want to eat foods rich in zinc. You want to eat foods rich in copper. You want to eat foods that's going to build up your immune system. Copper and zinc are the two main minerals for hair growth. And many times when a person is losing their hair, if you are deficient in copper, you're deficient in zinc, you are going to lose hair. And I see that. That's why I say this hair mineral analysis test is so amazing because it shows everything, all the minerals in your body. And, and basically how that works is because your hair is a cell, your hair is a tissue. So the hair that's on our head is dead, Keisha. The hair, our hair is alive internally in the body. So what happens is when hair starts to grow out, it grows from the inside out, it's a cell, so it's carrying with it all the minerals in, in your body. So when it finally grows out of the follicle and it actually grows out of the scalp, this is where we can take a root, take a, a, take a sample of that root hair, and now we're able to see all of the minerals in the body. So if there is something like you have high blood pressure um, and you're taking medication, that sample of hair can actually show us what mineral you're actually deficient in. And so now at this point, we can build you back up through foods and supplements. Do you think a supplement can cause any hair problems? Most supplements, now that's a tricky question because to be honest with you, a lot of our supplements are over-the-counter supplements. If you don't know ingredients, then you would not know that that supplement may have some synthetics in it. But if you're getting a pure 100% natural supplement, it should help. You just gotta know to read the ingredients. So supplements do help. Um, a lot of times people will start taking vitamins, like hair vitamins. Hair vitamins, hair vitamins are good, but you have to know what you're taking, you have to know the brand and you have to know, learn to read the labels to make sure that it doesn't contain a lot of fillers and it doesn't contain a lot of junk. If you're looking for a good hair vitamin, there's need, there needs to be copper and zinc and potassium and selenium and different things of that nature in it. But you just need to know that, you know, which ones you're buying are good. 
Do you recommend that a individual should take vitamins or supplement for their hair growth? Honestly, as a nutritionist, I always feel that you need to know what you need to take before you start taking it. Because if a person starts taking vitamins before they know exactly what their body needs, they can actually wind up hurting themselves instead of helping themselves. Because you could wind up taking too much of a vitamin and wind up having too much of that vitamin in your system. And in, for instance, if your body is not absorbing the, the vitamins that you're taking, that means now that the body is just packing on those vitamins. And, and so the body will start to store it. The liver may start to store it. A lot of times some of these vitamins are stored in the kidneys. They could be stored. The hair will start to store it just different places because it's not being absorbed. So again, before you start and you run to the store to take a vitamin, you should always know for sure that you need that vitamin. So whether you go to your doctor and ask them to run specific tests to see what you're deficient in or decide to get an analysis so you can actually see what you're deficient in. Now, when you do take your vitamins and supplements, you know that's exactly what your body is needing. Right. Um, should I take a vitamin D vitamin? And vitamin D is another one. You know, we need vitamin D. Vitamin D is very, very important. Um, vitamin D actually, it helps our body make cholesterol. And that's from us being out in the sun. And vitamin D also f- facilitates our immune system. So again, it's one of those, should you take a vitamin D, you need to know how much vitamin D your body needs. If you're deficient, absolutely. But you need to know first, are you deficient? And one of the best ways to get your vitamin D is just to be out in the sun. Do I need an iron pill? Again, that's not something that you would ask, tell someone you need iron. Without being tested, it's, you know, you'd have to know if that person is deficient. But here are some um, symptoms of an iron deficiency. Usually if a person is deficient in iron, one, they have a cold sensitivity where they're cold all the time. They're in a room and, mm-hmm. and the temperature is fine, but that person needs a jacket or a blanket. Um, a iron deficiency, a lot of fatigue where they're just tired all the time. They've gotten eight hours of sleep, but they're still dragging. Those dragging around, those with the iron deficiency also, they love to eat ice, crushed ice. Those are some of the main symptoms of an iron deficiency. And if they have those types of symptoms, then yes. Um, And I would always say before you take an iron supplement, eat foods rich in that, um, that mineral. That's the best way to feed the body. Feed your body at first and make the, the, these, the vitamins or supplements secondary. Do I need a multivitamin? Same thing. Um, with a multivitamin, a lot of times with the multivitamin, I always say, I'm not, a, I'll just tell you in my opinion, I'm not a fan of multivitamins because you could very well be giving your, your body something that she or he doesn't need. For an example, when women get older, they usually take a women's one a day vitamin. And that vitamin tends to have a lot of calcium, maybe about 1200 milligrams of calcium. Well, as we get older, sometimes our body doesn't absorb the calcium that we're getting from the foods we eat. So that person will want too much calcium in the body. Too much calcium causes many problems. One, it can cause issues with your heart. Um, Dry, dry, brittle hair is usually a sign that the body has too much calcium. Problems with your kidneys, problems with your gallbladder, all that can come from too much calcium. So when you ask me, should a person take a multivitamin? Again, I will say only after you know exactly what your body is needing. Could this possibly be another condition other than the hair loss that a doctor could diagnose you with? Yeah, and it, it gets a little deep. And I'll, and to make this as brief as possible, one problem that I'm finding in my clinic is that many people, and statistically, not just in my clinic, are having issues with their liver and their kidney. However, if anyone asks their doctor, or even if you do your research, you will see doctors will tell you that Kidney disease is one of the hardest diseases to find. Usually when a doctor finally notices that it's a kidney disease, it's full blown, it's there. But the body tells you way before it becomes a kidney issue. So yeah, it could be something else that's causing your hair loss. And a lot of times it it may, it, it points toward the liver. So for an example, the liver is one of the most important organs in our body. It does about 
500 jobs for you every single day. And if the liver gets overloaded or the liver is not producing what it needs to, then it's going to cause problems. And in return, you'll wind up with deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, and you'll wind up with hair loss problems. So yes, to answer your question, another condition could be the cause. What do you expect to happen to my hair in the next six to 12 or 24 months if this is possible? When you say, what do I expect to happen to your hair? Okay, so if you have a condition. If you have a condition. If you have a condition, first of all, hair loss is just a symptom of your body's way of trying to get your attention that something else is going on. So yes, when a person starts experiencing hair thinning, only 2% of our hair loss is due to something we've done, like uh, chemicals in our hair, um, braiding, weaving. You know, if we're not doing our, our braids right, if our weaves aren't done right, then that can cause topical hair loss. Um, but that's only that 2% color can cause it. That other 98% is of a health issue um, that we are dealing with. So what could happen to your hair in the next six to 12 to 24 months statistically let me share with you what happens within the time you start seeing this hair loss problems most people run to the store and they buy a topical product that's within yeah. that six months then in 12 months they realize hey the hair didn't get any better i got a bathroom cabinet full of all these hair topical products but my situation seems to be getting worse. And if it still isn't addressed in 24 months, this is where we wind up with that bald spot in the top of the head, that bald spot where we've lost so much hair. So what can happen in six to 12 to 24 months if we don't do anything about it or recognize that there's a problem that we need to go to our doctor or change our diet, we may start having more hair loss. And when I, most of the people that, have, that come to my clinic they will say to me, well, I've been dealing with this now for about six years. And usually by that time, it's so severe. But what I have found is once we, we've gotten a hair mineral analysis and we can sit down and, and say, okay, this is what's going on. You are actually lacking this, this, this. You have too much of this. Let's now put a new diet in place as a nutritionist. That's what I do. I'm going to build you out a new diet plan. I'm going to build you out a whole list of foods rich in what your body has been asking for. Now, when we make that shift in our body, because hair is actually one of the fastest growing cells in our body once your body gets the nutrients it needs then your hair in turn will get the nutrients it needs and that is because hair grows from the inside out and hair needs nutrients just like your body do so if your body is getting what it needs as that hair is starting to grow out it's getting what it needs and in, in return we grow our hair back yes because i have seen a lot of people after they have discovered a bald spot or edges gone, they run to the biotin, mm -hmm. expecting the biotin to perform a miracle for their hair yep. when their diet is still poor. Absolutely. And that's the key. That's the key. I, I try to push so hard that it's our diet. It's our diet. We live in a world where, you know, it's, it's about money. It's about brands. It's about manufacturing. So that's why most of us, when we start losing hair, we run to get a topical product. I need everyone to understand that the, pro the issue is internal. We cannot address an internal issue externally. We have to address it internally. And if once we can find out what actually is the root cause of why we're losing this hair through the, the nutritional deficiencies and once we give our body what it needs because the body can heal itself in the right environment with the right foods with the right things then we we will see that shift i've seen it hundreds of times over yes and if anyone has did their research they would know that in our ancestors time they didn't have all these um vitamins going mm -hmm. they were eating fruits veggies Absolutely. and a correct diet and they were still having um hair growth and being healthy absolutely so always lean on the vitamins to do the part that you should be doing eating good eating good foods that has the vitamins and minerals in it is is definitely key yes especially with eating all the processed foods exactly we have to incorporate more veggies and fruit 
foods inside diet also. Absolutely. And one of the most important are incorporating foods that is uh, rich in copper and zinc. Those are the two minerals. I can't stress that enough. Those are the two minerals that are really behind our hair loss. Not only that, those are the same two minerals that's really behind our immune system. And so many times when our immune system gets compromised or our copper is low or our zinc is low, then in return, the body is, is not as strong as it needs to be. And those are other reasons why we start to lose hair. So, you know, eating those foods that has the copper in it and the foods that have zinc, um, avocado is number one for, for many of that. Um, mushrooms is another one. But like you said, vegetables, spinach, broccoli, all of those vegetables, all of those things are some of the most amazing foods we can eat. Yes, and I love kale and I love all that. Um, what should I do if the prediction is not corrected? Well, when you say the prediction and that's a prediction means something before that, you know, it's like you, you're trying to predict what's going to happen tomorrow. In, in, our, in this world, it's like um, if you are doing something and it's not working, then now you got to try another way. But you don't lose when you change your diet. Okay, so in, in that way, if you know that you're eating a lot of junk food, you have to stop that. Um, if you know that you're not getting eating enough green leafy vegetables, then you need to add that in. If you know that you should stop smoking because that's causing a lot of issues and you know that smoking causes health issues, then we need to stop that. So what do we need to do to correct it? We need to stop doing whatever is not working so that we can start doing what can work. Yes, that is also correct. Because I heard that when you smoke, that whatever type of vitamins or nutrition that you're putting into your body, it's like sand. It just blows it away. Yeah, you know, that that's smoking, a good way to put it. Yeah. Away. Mm-hmm. That's right. Smoking is so all awesome. Yeah. So all the hard work that you're doing, we're getting your diet together, eating more healthier. But if you're back doing and smoking a cigarette, it's like you have never touched any vitamins. <laughs> that's you right. have never ate correctly. That's right. Because that smoke you're putting into your body is treating your good diet and vegetables and fruit intake like dust. It's just blowing it out. Absolutely. That the smoke is toxic. So what you're doing is you're inhaling toxins into your body. And toxins will take over. And when the toxins take over, your immune system will be compromised. Or can be compromised, I should say. For women not diagnosed with the genetic hair loss, I always recommend asking this question. Um, is it possible that some would have androgenic alopecia? And how do you know this? Because I understand it's a whole bunch of types of alopecias out there. There are. There are many different types of the alopecia. So alopecia, the word alopecia only means hair loss. Androgenetic alopecia is basically um, a common type of hair loss that affects both men and women. And that's where we have the male pattern baldness, that U-shape that you see in men. Um, that's that's male pattern baldness. And you, we also see that U-shaped hair pattern in women. And that's what androgenetic is. The most common alopecia that we see a lot is alopecia areata. And most of the time where you see that that dime size uh, bulk spot, it, it may start out as a dime size and then it may get bigger as a nickel and bigger as a quarter. Um, that's alopecia areata. And a lot of times that has a lot to do with our immune system. That is an autoimmune um, condition. And we've known st historically that alopecia areata is also temporary. So hair can grow back with that. And then there's alopecia universalis. And that's basically when you lose all of the hair over your entire body. Um, and then there is um, alopecia totalis, and that's, that's actually total hair loss. So there's so many different forms of it. One that's very popular among us and maybe even those who do hair weaves is traction alopecia. Traction alopecia is like when the braids are too tight. Um, or you're pulling your hair, that can cause traction alopecia. But just all know, even in, in these forms of alopecia, um, 
if again it, it the diet helps a lot those are like traction is is one of those topical hair losses that i mentioned earlier the majority of our hair loss problems is internal but the traction is external that's from us pulling our hair ourselves and with a lot of us returning back to our natural roots I believe another one is the scarring alopecia. That's when you use chemicals and dyes yes. on your hair mm-hmm. and scarring on your scalp. Yes, that is the CCCA alopecia. Now, with scarring alopecia, and I have seen in many cases where people were told that they could never grow hair back with scarring alopecia. Well, I have had um, patients come into my clinic where we've done a hair mineral analysis. We've saw what nutritional deficiencies that they have actually had. We've changed their diet. We've built out a nutritional plan for them and hair has come back. I've seen it over and over again. I have testimonials over and over again um, with that. So again, it, it, it lies back to the diet. Diet, diet, diet. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Diet, diet, diet. And also water. You know, I didn't notice this a lot people in this world that will take a sugary drink before drinking water. Mm-hmm. The body needs to stay hydrated and so we need to always drink water um, and, and honestly the best water for us is an alkaline water. Now I don't mean go out there and buy alkaline. I mean, let me share what you how you can make your own but let me just tell you what alkaline um, what it means. First of all our bodies um, disease cannot live in an alkaline body. So we need to eat more alkaline foods. And so when you know people, you hear people all the time talking about they're drinking alkaline water. Many of them don't even know why they're doing it. They, they know that it's healthy, but they don't know how deep the benefits of this alkaline water is. But it helps to cleanse the body. Um, it, that alkalinity in the body helps to keep disease out of it. But instead of going to buy bottled alkaline water, you can squeeze fresh lemon in water, in filtered water. And when you drink it, it becomes an alkaline. The same with cucumber. You could take cucumbers and slice them up and make yourself a nice cucumber water. Now you've saved a lot of money because alkaline water is not cheap. You've saved a lot of money and you now are alkalinizing your body. Yes. Can't express that enough. I mean, if you were on a desert, you wouldn't drink oil because a lot of people put oil on their hair before applying water so you wouldn't drink oil you would want to drink water so apply water first to your hair then add whatever product it is but if you're not on a desert you would also need to drink water because drinking a sugary drink as I noticed with my body is that when you drink sugary drinks like a soda after finishing that can or that bottle or cup of soda you're still thirsty that's right it didn't it did quench not your thirst because it didn't do what it was supposed to do exactly and you would still return back to possibly drinking another soda thinking that that would help and you're just sitting up here dehydrating yourself so drink water Water is the one that quenches the thirst to me. Absolutely. And even with our make sure that it's filled water. What do is um, a lot of times when we are looking at issues with our body, it also could be from that the water that we're drinking at home. Everyone should actually have a filter on their water because there's a lot of content. Um, yes. No filter. You can go to Amazon and turn your shack. Many people, uh, I see toxins that can only come through water. And they'll say, well, I don't drink that water at home. And I go, I understand you don't, but you do bathe in it and you do shower in it. So we should also still have filters on our shower heads to protect us. But yes, you're right, my dear, drinking water, but we also got to make sure that the water is filtered. That is so correct because you're wondering when you get in the shower, you're feeling just fine. You put layers of soap on your body and you rinse off. But when you get out, you're so itchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It don't be the product that you use. It be your that's water right. system that's contaminated. And like you said, full of toxins or harsh chemicals on your skin. And our skin is so Absolutely. Delicate. 
It is. It is. There's so much, you know, that I, I see, you know, and, and just to teach people that that's my goal is just to teach and, and share all the information that we know. I, I appreciate you even having this podcast because your point is to bring awareness. Um, and, and that's a wonderful thing. We have to continue to bring awareness to each other because others aren't sharing it with us. So we have to do it ourselves. That is also correct. Sharing that's is right. caring. So why not share what you know to someone that don't know or that is lacking in doing their research? Absolutely. I love self-love. I love self-educate. I love self-confidence. Anything that's dealing with self, I will learn it and I will be out here and I will try my best to make someone else be aware Mm -hmm. of what it is or what it is. And everything that, you know, with what I share, I always tell people, the information is there. You know, I, I tell them, you don't have to take my word for it. Do your own research. The information is there. A lot of information is there. Some people don't know how to research it or find it, but it, it's there. But even if they don't find it, your goal, like what you're doing with your podcast, is to bring it to the forefront. So many who don't know how to find that information, you're making it easier for them to understand it and learn it. That is so correct. Because with how busy days are, day in and day out you know we love our youtube and we love Mm -hmm. our audio you know if you're at work or in your car you might not be able to look at a video but if you're listening to your radio you can turn it on a podcast channel that will self-educate you on the things that are happening in this world whether it's dealing with hair hair products skincare you know your health medications etc you know you could just turn on anywhere you can work out and listen to this you can um take self-time to yourself and listen to this you can listen to this while you're at work so it is so good to have a podcast Mm -hmm. channel and you can still get the word out because whether you're busy or not busy you can still turn on this podcast channel or any other podcast channel that you will love and hear the great information they have to give to you. What would you need to see on the scalp or hear from my particular story that would prompt you or any doctor, you would say, to do a scalp biopsy? Well, a scalp biopsy is basically, you know, where they're actually taking... um, some of the skin they're going to look at it deeper in a lab and what what prompts that um, a bald patch uh, dry scalp um, soreness swelling things of those natures things of those nature is what actually would prompt um, someone to do that now for me in my clinic I do um, a scalp analysis and the the tool that I use is so amazing because it allows me to, to see the scalp in a way that you really can't see it through the naked eye and it allows me to see deep it allows me to see deep into the follicle but it also allows me to see the condition of the scalp um, where I can see whether in most instances if your hair is um, if you have deficiencies most of the time if a body has a deficiency that means the body may have too much calcium and then if there's too much calcium calcium will start to deposit itself on the scalp so usually when i see that i see the the deposits of calcium in the scalp that's a telltale sign that we need to go further the other thing with the testing that i do it allows me to see the density of your hair strands so you know if you have most of your hair strands are thick, but then you have a section where they're really, really thin or skinny. That's also a, a telltale sign that there are some issues going on internally and likely a deficiency. Yes. So I know you have plenty of clients that come in to get tests done or get your consultation. Um, have you ever had to send anyone over to do this? Type of a biopsy? Procedure? No. Um, I necessarily, normally, by the time someone has come to me, they've done that already. They've had a biopsy. They've been to a dermatologist. They've had the steroid shots, and none of the things had worked for them. 
usually I'm I would call myself I'm that last resort at this because I'm naturopathic and holistic they've gone the conventional ways and they're like I've been to the conventional doctors I'm still losing my hair they've given me all kinds of lotion potions and creams and I'm still losing hair so no I wouldn't send them for a biopsy let me tell you what I have done is once I've done the the, the uh, scalp analysis that I have done and we've done the hair mineral analysis, when they come back and I actually send the, I don't do the, the, lab, the lab work on the analysis. I work with the doctor and I send it to him. His lab is the one that analyzes those hair strands. And based off of a, of a person's um, results, depending on the, the deficiencies or excesses of minerals in the body, that's when I may send them to their doctor. In many instances, I've sent so many to see a nephrologist who is, um, a nephrologist is that doctor that specializes in the kidneys. And so I may send them to see a kidney specialist. I may send them to see, you know, someone about their liver. I may send them to a cardiologist. So I will send, but those are the doctors I would refer to. That's after we've seen a hammer analysis. And that's when I'm like, hey, I need you to make an appointment for this doctor, this doctor, that doctor. Okay. Do you have any outline options for the hair loss and the chances of success with the options you have? Do I have any outline options? Well, I guess just going on the many years of what's been working for me in my office, um, the first outline is to acknowledge that there's a problem because some people don't and they wait until it gets so severe and that's years later. So first acknowledge the problem. Then once you acknowledge the problem, um, you know, let's be proactive. Go see a, a specialist, um, a hair specialist, whether it's a dermatologist or a trichologist or someone of that nature. Um, and then the next step, you know, ask them, can they do the, what proper testing can they do to see if it's internal? Because again, most of these doctors, they just work externally. Nobody's checking um, blood and, and things of that nature to see if there's, is, if there's going, if there's anything um, going on. So my outline is then, and I'll just outline for when they come to me. Somebody comes to me, we have a consultation. Um, I do an analysis of the scalp. We, we, depending on what they're coming to me for. Everyone that comes to me, I, a hair mineral analysis is not necessarily recommended. If you've come to me because you had a relaxer and it burned your hair, then to me, it's like, okay, you may not need a hair mineral analysis. Um, maybe we can just try doing some treatments. But if you're coming to me and we're talking and in my questionnaire, it asks a lot of questions about you know your health and things of that nature, then I'll make a recommendation of maybe we should get a hair mineral analysis so we can see what your nutritional balances or imbalance are and then we can tell we can take it from there so the outline is to get a consultation the next step is a hair mineral analysis after the results come back the next step is to go through the results and now we're going to build out a nutritional plan for you a su supplemental plan for you to not only build up your hair but it starts with your body because like I said you, in order for you to have healthy hair you have to have a healthy body you can't, it's not in reverse. You can't have a bad, a, a unhealthy body with good hair. It's not going to work. It starts the other way around. And so that's my outline. We, we have to do it in that order. That is correct. Because also with the healthy body, you can't have healthy hair if you don't have a healthy scalp. So all those plays right around mm -hmm. each other. What are the side effects of these treatments? Well, a hair mineral analysis, you know, we're just taking samples of hair, um, analyzing them and telling you about your nutritional de deficiencies or, or whether you have toxicities. Like many of us have aluminum and lead and zinc and mercury. And many of these things are many of the causes of the imbalances in our body. So these things here, there are no side effects of them because we are looking at what your body is just telling us um, in regards to it. There are no side effects. The, the, the best thing for you at this point is to, if you decide to go through with getting the, the, hair, the hair mineral analysis is basically making a choice in your mind that you got to change your diet. And we call that a lifestyle change, you know? So it might, there's nothing bad from this because everything is natural. You normally don't get side effects from experiencing 
um, natural ways of, of healing in a sense. There's nothing there to be a side effect because everything that we do in our program is all natural. Whether it's a supplement, it's all natural. We're adding, we're telling you certain foods, it's all natural. And most of the foods that I, I put into your nutritional plan are mostly plant-based. Yes. So Dr. Debbie, um, I, I guess, was searching on Google and I ran across a website that is uh, www.hellobeautiful.com and they were stating about the coronavirus mm-hmm. in the hair. Now, when we talk about the corona, I don't, I don't know if we have enough time to really get deep about it. Now, here's a couple of things about the, the corona virus in the hair. I don't know. You can express a little more about what you found out from there. From the things that I've learned, um, you know, the, the virus is mostly airborne. And what I've learned so far about it being in the hair was mainly speaking about men who may be wearing the a facial, one of the facial masks, but if the mask is not covering their whole, you know, the whole nose and mouth, then yes, they can still wind up carrying that virus on like their their facial hairs into an environment. So they're they're suggesting that um, maybe men need to cut their beards down. But I'm not saying that because we're still right now we're still trying to figure out a lot about this virus. Um, for me and my family, if we have to run to the store when they come back, everybody goes in the garage, they get sprayed down. I put I put my alcohol in a spray bottle and actually their eyes are closed. I we're spraying the hair, we're spraying the whole body down because at this point we don't know where the virus is. We know that it can live up to 24 hours on certain things. So it could very well live in the hair. Um, you know, we're still just doing research about it. What did you find out from that site? What I found out is that they said that it could um, contract de- deadly virus into your hair um, that you should also do your manual maintenance with your hair is to wash your hair and that I believe it doesn't survive under heat and you know a lot of us once we wash out our shampoo anyway we use warm water so I believe that's one way of rinsing it out or you can also use ACV mm-hmm. which is apple cider vinegar to give your hair that rinse or you can spray it in a bottle and mix it with some warm water or warm it up to your touch scalp and hair thoroughly with that product that way you can mm-hmm. kill that virus on mm-hmm. contact in your anyway um you know a lot of us don't wash our hair like right. we should wash our hair which is on a basis so I was thinking that, you know, you are out here in this type of pollution air and you need to cover right. probably your hair with our scarf, they were stating, but still let your hair breathe when, right. you know, you're not outside. Don't wear the hair scarf at your home because your hair, hair still to needs breathe. to breathe. The scalp has to breathe, actually. But the covering up your, your head when you're outside because we still don't know, you know, much about this and how it's traveling is a great idea. You know, it's all about being safe. Um, It's all about being proactive. So yes, you know, just the the main thing that they're telling us to stay indoors, we have to listen to that, that authority. We have to listen to that command. If there's a reason why it, we're saying it's it's been told to stay indoors. So yes, that that is very true. I've also, um, you know, in regards to the coronavirus, I recently did a video. I did my video about three weeks ago before this thing became a pandemic because I saw that that was the the direction that it was headed, and I kind of just wanted to help people understand what they need to prepare for and the the goal was to build up your immune system again it goes back to nutrition um eating foods rich in um antioxidants is the key foods rich in zinc foods rich in copper is the key of doing it one of the things that i've done some research on when we talk about the coronavirus is i want more people to understand um 
about the Spanish flu, Keisha, because the Spanish fluenza, which took place in 1918 to 1919, has the same effect on what is going on with us now. And um, there's a document documentary. I'm actually doing an article. It, it will probably post on my blog tomorrow, but it's going to give you all the facts about the Spanish flu and what, what has taken place and how we're, this pandemic is nothing different. But one of the things that was so special in what I learned is that there, there were, and this is also going to be in the article, there's a, a lady, <clears throat> she was also a part of the Spanish flu. She had did a documentary and it's on YouTube and, and she did this documentary seven years ago and I, that's why I'm going to link it. In the document, she spoke about her family was the only family who did not get the coronavirus back in 1918 in her small town. She was from Alabama. And she said her family wind up being the nurses to everybody. But one of the things that her mother gave her every morning was bacon, soda, and water. And she said she thinks that's the reason why her family didn't get it. So I wound up researching bacon soda. I was like, bacon soda, bacon soda, what is she talking about? And I did my research. And what I found out is that um, bacon soda with water, half a teaspoon of bacon soda with water alkalinized the body. Now I mentioned alkalinizing in our previous conversation. I mentioned that disease cannot live in an alkaline body. And so every morning drank uh, a four ounce cool glass of water with a half a teaspoon of bacon soda. And she said in her entire community, her family was the only one that didn't get it. So that's a big deal. So I want to share that with you. And then, um, you know, it'll be on my blog tomorrow because I'm still researching all my information, but that we have to eat healthy and we have to do things to alkaline our body, drinking alkaline water, eating alkaline foods. Watermelon is a good alkaline food. Cucumber is a good alkaline food. We have to just do things to, to save ourselves and our families and, and prepare them for, we don't know how, you know, what's going to happen. But if you, if they watch that documentary, they'll know more. That is so great. And we will tune in to your YouTube channel so we can get more educated on this coronavirus. So to keep it down at your hair and your face, we all know we mm-hmm. should be practicing good hygiene, which is washing our, our hands. hands. Keeping our hands away from our face. Because too. If you look at it, the reason why it probably went to the hair is because a lot of us yeah. like to scratch our hair for one our scalp excuse me and we like to touch our face you know dig in um our um corner of our eyes to get things mm-hmm. out of our eye um we have eyelashes that may interfere with our eyeball you know we'll get those out and we'll touch that eyelid and from what I know is that anytime you have any kind of bacteria anything on your fingertips and you touch your eyelid that can rotate up into your eyeball and cause you to have an infection also because you didn't wash your hands before touching your eyelid your face or your scalp so practice good hygiene by washing your hands So I thank you so much, Miss Debbie, for being a guest on my podcast channel. Can you tell all the listeners how we can follow you and educate ourselves Absolutely. on this um, coronavirus? Like I said, I'm, this article that I'm writing, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be a powerful article of education and knowledge. Um, my website is AskDebbieAboutHair.com. And that's also my Instagram. And that's also my Facebook. I mean, that's also my Pinterest. Everything is under Axe Debbie About Hair, um, my YouTube channel also. So you can go there and you'll find, you'll always find educational information, DIYs. I showed a couple of weeks ago how to make a hand sanitizer. Um, I'm, I've showed recently how to make a soup. Um, bone broth is is amazing to build up our immune system and I'm going to continue to show ways on how we can build up our immune system while we deal with this coronavirus so yeah so anything that you know I can help with I'm going to share as much as I can 
Thank you so much. Will there be anything else you would like for our listeners to know before yeah, there's one other thing we that let I'm you go? <laughs> working on, and of course, it was in slow production, but I think we'll have it ready. Um, essential oils, certain essential oils are antiviral. And I thought about that a, t- a couple of weeks ago because I'm also an essential oil therapist. And um, there's certain oils that can help clean your air, antiviral. And so I've actually created a a essential oil that we're going to, because I've said if people probably won't be able to make it themselves because products are so hard to find right now. And, you know, it's like you can barely find anything. But if a person has certain oils, um, a rosemary oil, if they have a diffuser at home, then, you know, put your oil in your diffuser and let it clear your space so if a person has to go to work bring your diffuser put your essential oil and make sure it is 100% pure certified organic because if it doesn't say that then that means it's likely synthetic and it has organic um, fillers and things in it but that helps to clean your space and keep the virus down from you so I'm actually creating an oil is called purify prevention blend and it consists of of major essential oils that are all antiviral and antiviral means no virus or against the virus so it can clean the air so that's something i want to let people know if you've got a diffuser at home you got some rosemary at home um you certain oils like cinnamon is number one if you got a cinnamon a pure cinnamon cinnamon is so antiviral it will clear the room i we keep it going in our house i got one upstairs i got one downstairs i got one in the basement so my entire house is antiviral so yes just sharing with people Look at the oils you have. If you have antiviral oils at home, you are clearing your space and you are getting rid of the coronavirus in your home. Yes. And right now we yeah. need all the exactly. tips we so can I'm, get. I'm working on that now. This was like a rush, you know, trying to see if my manufacturer can they can they, you know, help me put this together so I can share with the world. If they have a diffuser, there's a way that you can you know, clean your space, clean your air. And so we're, we're making it happen. I'll have it ready in a couple of days. All right, great. Well, guys, you know, you can follow this podcast channel on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at From Wig Weave, Natural Hair, or you can simply send an email to fromwigweave, the number two, naturalweave at gmail.com. Again, that's fromwigweave, the number two, natural hair on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Miss Debbie, could you repeat the way to contact you Absolutely. or Guys, to watch your video? DebbieAboutHair.com for my website or just go to YouTube and type in Ask Debbie About Hair. Go to Facebook and just type in Ask Debbie About Hair. If you go anywhere just Google Ask Debbie About Hair all of my social uh, medias will come up for you. Instagram too. Ask Debbie About Hair. Thank you. All right. Thank you Miss Debbie. Well guys that's our time. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Miss Dr. Debbie give us some great points and results. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you.